You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. Let's kick this off. If you hear me laughing, it's because I am, because I am not sure. I've tried to record this now about five times, and it has not gone well. Uh, I've said things like that don't go in this section. I've, it's just crazy. I read the wrong part of the script at one point. So, uh, yeah, it's been a morning. Um, I did not sleep well last night. In fact, I've slept awful two out of the last three nights, and I'm not sure why. I think part of it is right now, this time of year, the weather changes, you know, like a teenager has uh, changed changing outfits and I think I'm just getting old. At least that's what my daughter told me this morning on our way into school. Prom is over at the rec- at the time of this recording. Prom is over and their lives are winding down. In fact, she said to me this morning, she said, Dad, I think we only have a month left of school and I'm kind of excited about that. I like getting up early but I and I like taking them to school. Uh, I don't like the deadline though. So I don't know. That's weird, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, I, I love being in the car with them, you know, one-on-one or two-on-one, being able to talk to them. Don't play the radio. Don't play the books. Uh, but I also don't like the deadline. Like, oh, we got to be there by this time. So, you know, yeah, I look forward to summer a lot. I am one of those parents that absolutely wants to wring out every ounce that summer has to offer us. We are busy all summer long. And someday, I keep threatening to do this, someday I'm going to do a podcast episode on the idea that we do not need to equate busy with meaningful. But until we get there uh, to that episode with a few distinctions in it, I'm proud to say that we're intentionally busy pretty much over the summer. Now, my older kids are old enough that they don't have to go on every trip with us because Sometimes they like to stay home and veg with their friends, and that gives my wife and I time. Our son's young enough that he pretty much goes with us no matter what, whenever we go anywhere. And by and large, I like that. We are hoping, obviously, uh, I think that it's it's important to get away without your kids as soon as they are old enough for you to pull that off. It's good for the health of your relationship, and things that are good for the health of your relationship are good for your kids. And so we, are, we always hope to get away just us, uh, obviously, COVID and the pandemic and the government's reaction, government's reactions to that made that a little bit more difficult over the last couple years. It's hard to believe that we're now two plus years from the day that, at least here in Michigan, we got shut down. I go back and read my journal. Speaking of journals, this is just a little bit of a riff. I don't know about you, but like I, you know, I set goals at the beginning of every year. And one of my goals was to journal X amount of times a month. And I'm trying to scroll through my notebook here. You might actually hear it rustling in the background. Yes, I'm Gen X. Yes, I still use paper. I tried to go completely digital and it just didn't work for me. And so I went back to digital or I went back to analog and I still use digital, but it's different. But I'm trying to find my goals, the page for my goals here, you know, on the fly. And people I see that's why we don't use paper. Anyhow, uh, can you tell that my coffee hasn't quite kicked in yet? One of my goals was to journal, and I've not journaled as much this year as I have in years past. In fact, I'm well off my pace to be able to do my goal that I would like to accomplish. But I have been reading my old journal entries. Anybody else out there? It's been a weird year for goals for me. It's just been strange in that, like, one of the goals that I set was that I wanted to write some essays. Uh, As I study history, one of the things that I notice is that some people that I really admire, or even if I don't admire them, but I admire what they did, I notice that they journal a lot. And so I made a goal, or excuse me, that they write essays. And so I made a goal to write, I think, 
eight essays for the year, and I haven't written one, not yet. We're almost, you know, we're almost to June 1st, which is nearly halfway through the year, and I haven't written a single essay. Now, on the other hand, I have written 60,000 words for a book, roughly 300 pages or so, probably by the time it's done, 315, 320 pages where things have you know, that was not on my goal. Yeah, here we go. Journal a hundred times in the year. That's roughly twice a week. I haven't pulled that off. Work out 145 times. Uh, I am probably a little bit behind pace on that, but not far. Enter a writing contest. I did that. I did not succeed. I might actually enter into a second one. And then the rest are, uh, oh, essay write. Yeah, here, write eight essays. And I have not, I've not written a single one. But I am writing the book, so I don't know. Does that balance out? The thing that I love about goals is is I'm not the person that's super stringent with them. I'm not the person that is like, oh my word, I wrote, I, I have to write eight essays in the next three days so that I meet this goal. Goals for me are just things that help me to 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 put some direction in the year. They set boundaries, right? I could be all the way uh, to the Atlantic Ocean in Florida with my toes in this in the water, and I'm still in America. I'm on the East Coast, and I could go all the way west and go to Alaska and put my feet in the ocean there, and I'm still in America. I'm just as far west. Well, I'm Hawaii, but I'm I'm just as far west as we can get. You, you know. It, on the continent. And that's what goals are for me. They set me up to have boundaries for the year. And throughout the year, I'll add goals. Some of them will be like, nope, this one was dumb. I'm not actually going to do this one. And I'll draw a line through it. I don't have any of those. I have one of those that I did that to this year already. I just drew a line through it. I was like, nope, not this goal. This is not a goal that I want for this year. And so I enjoy that. Those are nice. Uh, But it is fun for me to look at them, for me to track them, for me to write down, okay, here's my goal. And then by and large, most of them I don't think about until we get to the end of the year. And I want to see how many of them I came I, that came true. Now, some of them, for instance, so I want to write all of our compassion kids four times a year. Once a quarter doesn't seem like that much of a uh, commitment. Once a quarter seems like something I should be able to pull off. And to this point, I've done that. So I do track that. Like I have that written down like, okay, here's the kids' names. Here's one, two, three, four, you know, with a date next to it. So I know when I wrote. And there's a little bit of, of working smarter there. Uh, by and large, you can send the same letter to each kid because they don't live with each other. And so you type it up or I type it up, put it in, grab the pictures, etc. By the way, I'm not sponsored by Compassion. I do believe in Compassion and the mission that they are executing in the world. If you are looking to do something that is bigger than you, I would encourage you to consider Compassion International for $38 a month. You can sponsor a child uh, and that child is then given access to education, to resources, to food. Their family is given an opportunity to use those resources. And the outcomes have been proven a number of years ago. Relevant magazine uh, set out to disprove the benefit of organizations such as Compassion. No one would let them do the work except Compassion. Compassion was like, go ahead and do it. Uh, The only thing is we want you to show us the results before you go public and you have to publish them. And so they did and the results were overwhelming. Kids that are in the Compassion programs are set up for better success as adults. And I don't mean like, you know, these ethos uh, success. I mean, literally, they are set up for success uh, as adults in living their lives in, in countries. And last time I looked, let's see if I can do this in real time while we are talking. But the last time I looked, there was a hundred thousand kids that that were looking for 
sponsors. Um, just a very high number of children who need help. All right, so if I look at their website, it looks like there's about 55,000 kids who are looking for help, who need help. Those numbers may have gone down because of the pandemic. I know that there are they are in countries where they can't actually get to the children. Uh, they have to go to the children's house, and, and so that the efforts have been slowed down. My family, uh, together, we sponsor about 20 kids. Uh, I'd love to see that number continue to grow. One of the things that I'm committed to is anytime that we start a new business, anytime that we acquire a new asset in one of those businesses, we will uh, add a compassion child to our uh, to our list of sponsors. My oldest daughter, on her own, sponsors two kids, never said anything to her. One day we were at a concert and she was like, I'm going to sponsor a kid. Are you okay with that? Uh, no, I don't. I want you to be more selfish with your money. Yes, I'm totally okay with that. And I have to be honest, I'm not sure how she got to the second kid, like, like how she decided decided to sponsor two. I think maybe she decided to sponsor one first um, just as part of her discipline of how she handled her money. So I'm a big fan of compassion. This has been a 10-minute opening riff. Hopefully that's helpful. How did we even get to compassion? Oh yeah, goals. I hope you have goals. I hope you're setting goals for your year. I hope that you reevaluate some of them. I hope you pick some core goals that you do track pretty uh, stringently. And then I also hope, and that's how we got to this. I also hope that you have some goals. Just write them down and then go away. Don't come back to them until your checkup time and just see the power of writing things down. This is not actually the topic of today's episode. So I guess we're going to go a little long today than we have been. But power of writing something down is really important. I got a lot of emails about this when I said it before. I'm not saying it's magic, but I am saying that when you write things down, you're setting your intentions to get things done and your body responds. Years ago, and I mean, I'm talking probably 15 years ago, I read an article where researchers did some study on people trying to get off of alarm clocks. And so they would look at the clock and they would say, it's 10 p.m., it's 10 p.m., it's 10 p.m. I need to wake up in eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, which is 6 a.m., 6 a.m., 6 a.m. And what that that article purported was, or reported, was that the people who said out loud those three things three times didn't need their alarm clock. If they set their alarm for 6.02, they woke up at 6.00. And so setting intentions is important. If you're not doing something bigger than yourself, such as something for people who can't do anything for you, right? So for us, compassion is something that we believe in because it's in other countries, but we do other things here in the States. And I don't need, I'm not going to go through and be like, oh, hey, listen to us. But we want to make sure that doing things for people that can't pay us back, even if they wanted to, they couldn't, without having to tell anybody about it, we want that to be a regular part of the rhythm of our lives. We want that to be a regular part of the rhythm of our lives because that is how we grow. And so one of the things that I try to do with my kids is I try to make a regular part of the rhythm of our lives that we talk about what they believe, what I believe, why I believe it, why they believe it, etc., etc., without telling them what to believe. My, my daughter and my wife and I and my son were on another college visit this past week, uh, her last visit. And one of the questions that I had, we sat down with the department chair of the department that she's thinking of going in. I said, hey, here's a question that I have. I don't care about the price tag. I don't care about food quality. I don't care about every Friday they have a rah-rah session where everybody's told that they're important and that it's okay that they miss home. I want to know 
how do you handle this issue in this field? And the department head is in a field that is adjacent to the field that I'm in. And so I'm speaking from some level of experience because I want that to be the regular rhythm of our lives. I want that to be the regular rhythm of our world. And so as I work with my kids, as I work with, as I work with other people who are going to be working with my kids, I want to know not just what do you do, but why do you do it and how do you do it? I want to know about what are the regular rhythms in your life that you're engaging in? What are the things in your life that you're engaging in regularly because they bring value to your life and value to the world? And so these are the things that I want for my family. My goals are centered around that, right? Any goal that I have has to be not just about me, but about how does it help bring transformation to the world around me. Now, look, one of my goals is how many times I'm going to work out in a year. That is literally just about me. But if I'm not healthy, I can't do things for other people. I can't help other people if I'm not healthy. I can't help other people if I'm not in a place where health is... A priority of mine, if I'm unhealthy, if I'm, I'm stuck in my house, if I am, and if you're in that situation, I'm not saying that, that you can't, probably if I was in that situation, I could try to run something out. I think we all agree that it's better to be healthy, right? That gives us more energy. I can drive my car under a quarter of a tank of gas. My wife does it all the time. I would prefer that we never let it go under a tank of gas because that's bad for the fuel filter. And eventually I'll have to get the fuel filter replaced, excuse me, fuel pump. And eventually I'll have to get that replaced and it will be out of service while we're getting it replaced. I'm not saying that humans are cars and cars are humans, but there is a correlation there. The more health that we bring to ourselves, the more intentional we are about our health, the better off we will be in being able to help people more regularly. So here's the point of today's podcast, which ended up being way more of a riff than I originally intended. And we are not going to cover the topic that I wanted to cover. We'll do that next week as a part two. What are the things in your life that you are regularly doing that that you're intentionally making a rhythm of your life? What are they? Because here's the thing. If you're not being intentional about that, you are unintentionally making things a, a normal rhythm of your life, right? And I have this with clients all the time. I have clients who they go out and they drink to the point of being inebriated and bad things happen. And, and I ask them, I said, let me ask you a question. Where does it go wrong? And they're like, well, it goes wrong when I drink to the point where I'm no longer thinking. Wrong. It goes wrong when you decide to go out to the bar with your friends. I just had a conversation with with a guy last week about this. It goes wrong when you leave work and instead of going home, you go to the bar. Well, Joe, there's nothing wrong with going to the bar. I agree, but it's a regular rhythm of your life right now. You're going to have to do something to disrupt that. Well, I don't want it to be a regular rhythm. Okay, that's irrelevant. It is. And so what are the things in your life that are irregular rhythms that you're doing? Make a list. What are things that you do on the regular? One of the things I was so excited about was yesterday, I cut the grass for the first time this summer. I enjoy the rhythm of cutting the grass. Now, I'm not the guy that's going to be out there with the weed eater, weed whacker here in Michigan, and everything's going to look perfect. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to contract some of that out and find some teenage boy that wants to make some money weed eating uh, or weed whacking. But I enjoy the rhythm of riding on the mower. I enjoy the rhythm of reading. I, there are rhythms to my life that I enjoy that are intentional. Some of them I've had to develop. My daughter and I were just talking this morning about her reading because she's like, I only read this one genre because I'm never going to change. I'm like, that's not even close to true because four years ago, you told me you would never be a reader. And then you went to high school. And in high school, they have this 20 minutes every day you have to read out of a physical book. And suddenly you found an author that you were absolutely obsessed with and you read all of her books. And now you're expanding because someone in 
enforced upon you, imposed upon you a regular rhythm of reading, and that regular rhythm led to an intentional rhythm. And so one of the benefits of intentionally forcing rhythms into our lives is that it allows us to examine them, and then we can expand the things that we're doing so that our rhythm of life grow, right? So, so the sponsoring of the Compassion Kids, the writing them, that's a regular rhythm that I'm, that I'm imposing on my life. But it affects me in other areas of my life. It helps me to look at other areas of my life where I can ask myself, is my life marked by the behaviors that I want it to be marked by? And if not, what are some regular rhythms that I could impose upon that? So ask yourself, what are the regular rhythms that you're doing? How many of them are self-imposed? How many of them are intentionally self-imposed that bring a benefit to you or the world around you? I would prefer to you and the world around you. And what is that benefit? Why are you doing it? If you're doing something that you don't like, what do you need to do to stop it? That's it. That's today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share this with three of your friends, one of the ways that you could find potentially meaning is by doing things that are bigger than you. And one of the ways that you do that is by sharing something that you got for free that you believe brings value to your life with other people. At the very least, it may spark conversation between the two of you, which will help you to then impose rhythms in both of your lives. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me, joe at joemartino.com. Please, please, please put podcasts in the subject line. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.